0: Welcome. Well, good. You guys ready for the Word today? All right. Well, we are continuing in our sermon series called Stretch Us. And so, uh, Pastor Joy preached last week, and it was awesome. And today, we're going to be talking about passion. So, if you have a... um, a smartphone or a, or a smart device, we do have all of our sermon notes available to you. You can follow right along. If you go to the UVersion app, I don't know if you are familiar with that app, you go to the Play Store, go to the App Store, download UVersion. it's a Bible app, and then you go to the events page, and then you'll be able to find, you'll know you're in the right spot when you, when you do that. So you can follow right along with us like that. Also, we'll have all of our notes on the screen, so you can follow right along like that as well. So we're continuing our sermon series called Stretch Us, and today we're going to talk about passion. Say this with me. Say passion. passion. So passion, if you look up that word in the dictionary, this is the definition of what passion is. Passion is defined as strong and barely controllable emotion. So have you ever spoke uh, in an angry tone towards one of your children? Strong and barely controllable emotion. See, you can say, I'm just being passionate right now. No, you're angry. That's okay. You're angry. I just had a strong and barely controllable emotion. It just made me so strong and barely controllable. Okay, passion. It's a strong feeling of enthusiasm or excitement for something or about doing something and a very powerful feeling. So, friends, uh, passion is obviously has to do with our emotions, has to do with how we feel, has to do with with actually what it is, is passion actually fuels our desires forward. So whatever you're passionate about is what you actually give your time, your energy, your resources to. So, for example, so if you're passionate about sports, what are you going to do? You're, you're going to be probably the biggest cheerleader, you know, whether it's you're the, the couch uh, coach or you're at the game, you know. And, I mean, every time somebody mentions uh, your sports team—you're going to rattle off all of the the stats while you're passionate about that. Okay, you may be passionate about being against Michigan, you know. And so there's some people like that—they're like, "I'm Ohio State. I don't really like Michigan. I'm going to tell you off about that." Okay, it's okay. It's a good, nice, friendly rivalry we got going on, anyways. And okay, and I have to like Michigan because I've got my sister who's a who's a state trooper who lives up in Michigan, and so she's been converted to a Michigander, and so we love her too. So, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. We love you up in Michigan. Michigan's a beautiful state, by the way. That's probably a way nicer state looking than Ohio. We just, I mean, I mean, their water is beautiful. I mean, you go up to the, anyways. So, passionate, okay? Our God has blessed us with senses and emotion. He's, he's blessed us with the ability to be passionate. So, friends, can I be passionate about the things of God? Yeah, that's right. You can answer that. Yes, I can. And so Matthew chapter 5, verse 6. If you got your Bibles, you can turn there. We're going to read one verse here in chapter 5. I'm going to read uh, in the New King James Version uh, of, of verse number 6. And it says this it says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst. Say, hunger. Hopefully this morning your stomach hunger might have been slightly satisfied by a donut. Perhaps your thirst this morning was slightly quenched by a bottle of water or by a, a cup of Joe. Look at your neighbor say, cup of Joe. Yeah, and we thank you for those of you who had that this morning because we know that that makes people more saved in the morning. They, they actually act more like Jesus after they've had their... Their cup of coffee, it's pretty amazing, like how people's, their whole demeanor changes. They wake up, and they and they have a the cup of coffee, and they're like, yay, yeah, I'm happy again. It's like, woo yeah, get that coffee. Just, just go, like, wake up, str- straight to the bathroom, don't talk, and then go straight to the coffee maker. Like, don't say a word until that first sip happens. Some people are like that. That's okay. You know, it's, it's good. We, we, we love you. We're going to let you, that's why we have the coffee here, so that you already are in a good mood, because maybe you didn't get enough at home. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be full. I love that. They will have their fill. And so uh, the cool thing is, is that you know, hunger and thirst have to do with appetite, right, have to do with that. And righteousness, if you don't, that's a really big word, a really big church word that we say uh, that actually just means, all that word righteousness means is uh, being in right standing with God. That's all that righteousness means. So when you hear when somebody says that that you know they're trying to live righteous, basically what they're saying is they they just want to live a life that's in right standing with God, or uh, or uh, be in right standing with God. So when so when so blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousnesses. You know, blessed are those who have a desire and an appetite to be right with God. Amen. All right, just make sure y'all with me. So why be passionate for the Lord? Why? Well, because two things, friends. Number one, do you know that passion moves the heart of God? And we're going to go, I'm going I'm to share scripture after scripture after scripture about how passion moves the heart of God. And then secondly, friends, when you're passionate about God, when you're passionate about the things of God, do you know the people that are passionate about, about God are filled with joy? Isn't that insane? Like, it's, and it's not, you're not passionate because you want joy. No, it's a byproduct. It's like a, it's like a you know, it's like God gives you this and you're not even wanting it you know it's like you're you're I just want to serve God I just want to love God and and kind of the side dish is 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 joy he just like fills your heart with joy he fills your heart with all that stuff it's amazing so check this out, friends, just a few references on how passion moved the heart of God. First off, I just want to just, I don't have this up on the verse, but, or up on the screen, but I want to talk about this. Moses in Deuteronomy chapter 9, I don't know if you guys remember this, but remember when when uh, all the Israelites made the golden calf and they're dancing around it and they're acting all crazy, and then uh, Moses uh, is up there and he's getting the, the Ten Commandments, and do you remember what God says? God says, your people, Moses, down there, <laughs> he said it like that. Your people, they're down there and they're sinning against me. It's kind of funny, you know. Uh, as a preacher, and my wife's a preacher, you know. Sometimes we use we use verses like kind of like out of context to so like when our kids are acting up. Like, go get your kids. They're your kids today. They're not mine because they're acting crazy, you know. And then you know, and then you, then you got the word of God to back it up. Like that's what God did. He was like Moses, go get your people. They need. <laughs> I'm about to zap them. And so what happened? So so he was right. Isn't it, isn't that what he said? He told them. He said. He said, Moses, guess what? These people, they're hard. And so I'm gonna I'm gonna wipe them off the face of the planet. I'm gonna start all over. And what did Moses say? Moses said, far be it from that, Lord, that you would that that the uh, that you would bring all of your people out to the desert just to kill us. That would be a mockery to the Egyptians, to your name, you know, uh, which is famous, you know, that all the people groups will say, look at look at this God and look at how, and so what did he so then what what happened, right? And then they obviously didn't receive the promised land. they they went around the desert for 40 years. But do you know this? Check this out. The Bible says, uh, uh, I've read this over and over. I just never really caught this. In Deuteronomy chapter 9, the Bible says that Moses, he laid prostrate for 40 days. He pled with God, saying, God, please spare your people. Say passion. Okay? You, you, you're not, okay, if you don't have passion, I don't think you stick around the ground unless you really. And, and it said, and he didn't eat anything or drink anything. Man, talk about passion. Look at your neighbor say, that's passion. Okay, so Moses, what? Moses was passionate. He cried out to God, and what did it do? It changed the heart of God. Changes said, okay, I'm not going to do this. Also, passion, okay? James chapter 5, verse 16. It says this. It doesn't, okay? Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. It doesn't say the half hearted. prayer of a righteous man. It doesn't say the the flippant prayer of a righteous man. It says the effectual fervent. Does anybody know what that word fervent means? That word fervent, that means fiery. That means passionate. So basically what it's saying is that the passionate prayer of a righteous man avails much. So friends, have you ever had a time where something, you know, uh, happened or something went on, uh, was going on that was, you know, pretty traumatic in your life, or maybe in someone else's life, and so you're agreeing with them in prayer. Are you, you know, praying for them? Are you like, oh, Lord, would you please help my brother through this? Oh, God. They're dying. They're on their deathbed. Lord, I know you can do that. No, man. I mean, people are weeping, and they're like, please, God. Live and not die, right? I'm telling you what, I've seen Passionate prayers move the heart of God over and over and over again in my life. Why? Because the effect, will, the effect of the effective fervent prayer of a righteous avails much. So that's passionate. That's fiery, right? And who, I mean, and who wants? Come on, man. Who wants a fiery relationship with God? That sounds fun, doesn't it? I mean, who wants a who wants a dull, boring relationship? I mean, people people like clock out after being married for twenty years because they believe that their spouse is now both dull and boring. You know, I mean, you know, God is not boring. What happens is we get boring. <laughs> Seriously. When, when people first sell out to God, they're like, they're like I'm going to tell every person that I know that Jesus exists. I'm going to invite every person that I know to church. And, they, and they're just so excited about their newfound faith. Then after 20 years, they, we get bored. We get boring. We just sit on the, we just sit on the pew, and then we're like, eh. And if they come to church, it's okay. Not saying y'all, because we're soul winners in this church. We're talking about like other churches other than like Westgate Chapel. So <laughs> <laughs> had to put that out there. No, but it's serious. What happens? We grow old and we grow cold. And that's a that's a that's a that's a that's a a prayer of mine. It's a prayer of my heart is God. I don't want to grow old and I don't want to grow cold. There was this, there was this godly woman in our South Salito campus. Um, and uh, she was 84 years old, 84 years old. We, uh, we uh, performed her funeral uh, last year, two years ago. I think it was two years ago. Okay. This and 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 I'm t- and 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 she would come up and she'd be like, Pastor Josh, can I share something? And she would start. She would start praying. And I'm like, My goodness! If this 84 year old woman can still have the fire of God, I need to have the fire like that. I'm telling. She was an inspiration. I'm like, Man, you are you are showing me that you we don't have to. I don't have to grow old and grow cold. And she would start getting. She would start getting to step in. She'd like get this little step on. It was so awesome powerful woman of God. And you know and what was amazing is she would come to church and she would have back problems and physical problems and she she would say Pastor Josh I could barely get out of church, out of bed this morning but I had to come to church. Come on someone. I got a sniffle and I'm missing church. <laughs> Just kidding. I don't miss church because if I'm not here who's going to do this, right? Margaret will do it. We'll have her up here, right? She can do it. Probably do a better job. So check this out. So then Joel chapter 2. Joel chapter 2 says this. He's talking to, uh, uh, Joel's talking to the priest, and he says this. Uh, this isn't in, in the notes. I just threw this in here. It says, he's telling them, he says, Weep between the porch and the altar, crying out, Spare your people, O God. Weep between the porch and the altar. To me, the friends, that's passionate. Like, don't just pray, O God, would you please... Spare Toledo, no weep between the porch and the altar say spare your people, O God. Look at your neighbor say passion. Second Chronicles chapter seven verse fourteen. It says this, it says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sins and heal their land. So what is this? Humble themselves. Friends, that is a a passionate action to actually where you are denying yourself. And a, a lot of times when a person would humble themselves in the Old Testament, especially in the Second Chronicles era, what they would do is they would actually play sackcloth. They would wear like this burlap sack. Do you guys remember the old school potatoes that they used to sell in the bag and it was like that roughy type of of like that's that's like what they would wear they would put that on their body and they would actually take dirt and fling it over their head and they would weep and they would cry out and they would say you know lord have mercy on me or lord have mercy on us or whatever their petition was and they would fast and they would do that so so when god's uh, saying if my people would humble themselves now obviously we don't have to you don't have to go home and take off your nice clothes and put on some some stuff and do all that but it's the it's the it's being prostrate in your heart of uh, humility of your heart and your mind that you're, you're placing yourself in a position saying, God, Lord, I know that you can do this, and God, I, I'm just crying out for you to do this. It's humbling yourself, saying, God, forgive me. For, forgive. I, I love the way that, that Daniel said. He was like, Lord, uh, forgive the, sin, uh, the sins and wickedness of the entire generation. You know, what, what if our prayers were, Lord, forgive, forgive our city, oh God. And it says, well, seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Seek my face. Friends, that is another passionate pursuit of seeking after the Lord. I remember when I first committed my life to Christ, and I remember God gave me this illustration one time. It was really cool. And it just reminded me of like, like you know what? Remember when you used to carry change in your pocket? Anybody still carry change in their pocket? Okay, Uncle Mark still does. Awesome. Do you got a change in your pocket right now? Oh, do you? Do you have can it? Can I borrow some for a moment just for a little illustration? If I don't give it back, I'll, I'll owe you a buck. I don't need a bunch. I just need like a, just like a few little things. You have to duct tape your t- wow. My goodness, he does look at he's ready for everything. He's got his tape measure, he's got his knife. What else you got in there? You got a pen? Keys? Change? Oh my goodness, dude, he's got the real stuff. I was you no know, pennies in here. And you have scissors too. A purse. <laughs> they that was a thing about ten years ago. That man purse. I, I couldn't. I couldn't commit. I'm like, nope, nope. That's too much. I draw the line at man purses. That's a. That's too much. I do the ponytail. I ain't doing the man purse. Yep. nope. <laughs> the man pack. Remember the fanny pack that he said? Okay. So I, so the Lord gave me this illustration one time, and how often have you ever like maybe you're, you're up at uh, a cash register, and then you're pulling out some change, and then like you have like this change fall, or you, you ever have like a, a like a change like fall kind of far away there, and it's like, do you who in here actually, if you drop change? let's say it's a few pennies, a few pennies. You pick them up. Pennies? Okay, quarters. Quarters. OK. Quarters? Yes. OK. Dimes, nickels, pennies, my hand's going down. you pick up pennies, who you pick up pennies? you pick up pennies, 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 but what if it's not your penny? What if you're going up and you see a penny laying there? Would you pick it up, or would you just leave it there <laughs> Pennies add up to dollars. Thank you. Welcome, Mark. So, uh, you know, there was a, the Lord spoke to me about this illustration about how, like, sometimes, like, our pursuit after God is, like, like, the few drop pennies. Like, you may, you may lose it out of your pocket, and you're just like, and like, eh. But we, uh, obviously, the illustration doesn't work in here because we've got people that search for pennies in here. <laughs> so you guys totally blew my whole illustration. <laughs> yes, you're good stewards. There you go. That's right. That's right. You know, but if it's a quarter or a dollar bill or a $20 bill, I mean, they're, I mean you, will, you will, like, crawl under, you know, the, the countertop for a dollar, right? You'd crawl under for 20 Like, if you, like, spilled a few dollars and, it, and you accidentally kicked it, like, under the cash register when you're getting gas, you know how they have, like, the whole rack of gum and then they have, like, that little area? Like, what if you accidentally kicked a buck? I mean, you'd go down there and try to get it. But what if you kicked a, a penny down under there, though? Would you really really chase after that? She says, yes. She's like, I'm going to get my penny back. I should have gave some of your change to Debbie over here, so she's gonna get her penny. Hey, if you got penny, pennies, that's right. I remember when you actually could actually buy things for a penny. You can't even buy anything for a penny anymore. That's pretty sad. Yeah, you can. You got to get a hundred of those those little pennies. Jeremiah chapter twenty nine, verse thirteen. We're gonna go back to the word here. Jeremiah 29, verse 13 says, You will seek me and find me when you find me, or excuse me, when you seek me with all of your heart. It says, You will seek me and you will find me. So it's, you know, just kind of that illustration of, again, something that's lost or something that's been dropped or something that is away from you. So if you're ever in a position in your life where where you feel like God is distant, and friends, God doesn't change. You know, God is everywhere, and we know all that other stuff. But sometimes the Lord, I believe, He just puts us in a season where He really wants us to seek Him. I mean, if it was easy for us to just, you know, grab a hold of God, I mean, I think we would get kind of complacent after that. I. I mean, I mean, great relationships are ones that you know are are kind of like working together and you know spontaneous and keep you guessing. And God, I mean, I just think of the the angels that are before the the before the throne of God and they're crying out one to another, like it says in Isaiah. It says, you know, they're crying out, "Holy, holy, holy!" in there, and it says the and they're shaking. You know what I mean? The foundations of, of the temple. I mean, they're just they're crying out to that. And, and they've been doing this for ages, and their word hasn't changed. Why? Because God is so vast and so infinite and so multifaceted. It's just like they get a, a new peak of, the, of a glory of the God, and they're like, holy. And, you know, and maybe they just see one little small spectacle again of God in a different fashion, and they're like, Holy. And they see God in a different light, and they're like, holy, well, God is in- eternal, and we can do that forever. So just think about us and our little finite, small beings, and when we get a revelation of God, and we're like, yes, God, you're worthy, thank you. Seeking him with all of our heart, amen? Psalm chapter four, uh, 84, verse 2 says this. I love this. It says, my soul yearns, even faints, for the court of the Lord. Man, if this verse was still alive today, churches would be full. Because I know that there's people that are hungry for God. It says, my heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Friends, look at your neighbor, say passion. Passion. My soul yearns. Have you ever had your soul yearn? Even faints. Oh, right? One of those little fake faints. (laughs) <laughs> my soul yearns, faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and flesh cry out for the living God. There's this passion in the right in the writer of Psalms 84 that says, Man, I'm, I'm passionate. I want God, that even I feel it inside my, my body, my being. I need God. Romans chapter 12, verse 10 through 11. It says, Love one another with brotherly affection, outdo one another in showing honor. Man, that'll preach, right? Outdo one another in showing honor. Hold up, did I read that right? Yes, I did. See, we outdo one another in showing dishonor, though. Right? I mean, I'm, I'm I'm actually the king of that man. I can I can crack on somebody. I can light somebody up in a minute. You know, just like you know, say something like you know, just like like. Phew. But to actually outdo someone in showing honor, wow, Lord, preach that to me. That's good. Do not be slothful in zeal. What's another word for zeal? Passion, come on. Be fervent. What does fervent mean? Remember we just talked about this? Right? Fiery, constant, persistent, you know, aggressive, right? Fervent, it means passion. It means intensity. Okay, so it says, do not be slothful in zeal, but fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. So what is, what is Paul telling uh, the Romans here? He's telling them, friends, keep your passion. You know, I've had some people tell me over the course of my uh, life that, you know, oh, you know, you're just young in your faith and, you know, and that passion will die down or whatever. I don't want my passion to die down. (laughs) I want to keep my passion for God, friends, because that's what keeps me alive. (laughs) Oh, well, you know, you'll settle down. I don't want to settle down. If you settle down, you have fun settling down. I don't want to settle down. I want to keep loving Jesus passionately. Friends, he saved me radically. I want to just keep loving him radically. And so, friends, so so just kind of talking about all of this stuff. So if you want to keep, if you want God to stretch your passion for him, if you want to if you want to be passionate, or if you want to continue to stay passionate, or if you want him to actually pour into you passion, then friends, then then what we have to do is we have to divulge, we have to devout, or we have to devote, and we have to devour. So, we're going to talk about these three D's for a moment. Number one, friends, we need to divulge your worship. What that word means, it means to proclaim it, it means to broadcast it, it means to reveal it. So, friends, you got to express your worship. And so, friends, don't be a spectator when it's time for worship. If you can put that uh, picture of—I don't know if you guys remember this guy David. He was the king of Israel. There was so there was a time when they were bringing the Ark of the Covenant back to Israel, and he was so excited that he ripped his clothes off and he started dancing before the Lord. And and this is a, you know a painting of of what that would because that's what he actually what he did was he took off his his kingly garb. He humbled himself and he actually danced before the Lord. He danced before the ark as it was brought into the city. And does anybody remember what happened? Uh, There was one of his wives were looking out the window at him and said, oh, how dare he in front of all the servant girls dishonor himself like that? Does anybody remember what David said? Does anybody remember what his reply was? He said, I will become even more undignified than this. And do you know what happened? Does anybody know what happened to uh, Michael, his wife. The Bible says that she actually was barren from that day forward. See what happens when you when when you are critical of somebody else's worship, you're in trouble. So so you know and 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 we have a very you know we have a free church. We uh, we uh, give people the opportunity to be expressive, as expressive or as non expressive as you want to be uh, during our worship our worship set. And so you can raise your hands. You know, uh, well, when we are at South Studio Campus, because we had a, a larger space, there would be times in worship where I would just lay prostate before God. I would just lay down before God and just in worship, just thanking God for how amazing he is. We, we give people the opportunity to do that. So so, you have, so we have kind of like a free worship policy here in the context of don't take your clothes off. That's the only rule, okay? Okay, we want to have the heart of David. We don't want to do the actions of David, okay? So, so please stay clothed, but you can dance like he danced. You know, I will dance like David danced. Um, in line Um, Anybody here ever heard of Tim Hawkins? Okay, Tim Hawkins, he kind of talks about hands being raised. And so I got a small video I just want to show kind of talking about worship here.
1: Church has its own worship style, you know, which is cool. Some people are more expressive in worship. Some people more subtle, and it's all good. Um, I go to a church that's pretty expressive in worship. It's um, it's a hand-raising church. That's what it is, right? That's what, you know. Anybody here go to a hand-raising church? Am I here? Sweet. Who here does not go to a hand-raising church? (laughs) (laughs) Some of you are trying. You're like, I can't. I want to, Tim, I need to get some momentum. <laughs> totally cool. But hey, if you're not used to going to a hand-raising church, you want to go and join us, feel free to join us, but don't feel like you've got to join right in, okay? Start slow. We've got a lot of different hand-raises that we use. We actually have names for our hand-raises. So I'm going to walk you through real quick, okay, what they are, just to let you know. Say you're at my church, music is rocking, start slow. Hands in the pockets, little elbow flap, you're fine. Very subtle. Get warmed up. Get your heart rate up. When you're warmed up, start with the first one. Ready, carry the TV. Carry the TV. That's our first one. Very subtle. Go to big screen. Big screen, a little wider. Next one's, my fish was this big. My fish was this big. If you're a liar, you can go out there. That's fine, don't worry about it. Jesus loves you, grace. Next one's, hold my baby. Hold my baby. Got dueling light bulbs. That's our next one, dueling light bulbs. We got goalpost. Everybody knows goalpost. Throwing a heartburn. A lot of people like to do heartburn. Double heartburn, right back to goalpost. What's my favorite? Mufasa. Mufasa, that's my favorite. The circle of light. <laughs> Tim, can you go higher? Yes, you can. You can take one hand, go a bunch of different stuff. Pointer, hatchet, schoolroom. Release the doves. Give the Lord a high five. Press it out. A lot of women like to wash the window. Wash the window. And when you're comfortable there, go for the big three. Village people, Rocky, touchdown. There you go. There's your big three. You're set. All right. You're a pro.
0: That's right. So, that's right. So, again, we've given, uh, you know, you people an opportunity. I've, I've heard weird Oh, you probably watching. have to stop it. And it was in, yeah. Texas. I was in a show a It does the automatic play up. thing.
1: She, mid, midway through the show, she locked up. She's laughing so hard that she oh, started she? shaking. She's laying against her chair. Oh, we're going to watch we're another set, it looks like. And every ten seconds, <laughs> she made this noise. And the owner, I've never heard. There we go.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, friends, you know, David humbled himself. He let his guard down. He bared his all before the Lord. And, you know, that's what the Lord calls us to. In John chapter 4, verse 23 and 24, it says, Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For they are the type of or they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. So it says, worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for they are the kind that of worship the Father seeks. That has always amazed me. There's a few things in the Scripture where it actually says that God is actually seeking. You know, how many, I mean, we've read about, you know, seek the Lord, seek him with all of our heart. But there are actually verses in the Bible where it says God is looking for her. This is one of the verses. It says, God is seeking for God. That means God is He is looking and He's gauging. He's looking for people that would worship Him in this beautiful paradigm, in this beautiful balance of spirit and truth. You need them both. Okay, you 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 need both the spirit and the truth. You know what is the truth, the Word of God, what is the Spirit? Obviously, the presence of God, Spirit of the Lord. You need to have them both. It's this beautiful kind of collision of it all together. It's like when you get that right. God's like, yeah, I need that. I want that. That's what I'm looking for right there. Because sometimes people can get way out of balance. You know, woo. Uh One of my mentors when when I was, uh, uh, when I first committed my life to Christ, he used to say this. He said, and I thought it was really cool, and I'm sure he probably got it from someone else. He said, you know, basically you need the spirit of truth. And it's kind of funny because he actually named his church Spirit of Truth Church. Um, he used to say this. He said, you need the truth uh, so that you don't, because uh, basically, you know, it's it's it grounds you. It's it, it uh, is your foundation. So you so you need the truth, so that you won't blow up, and you need the spirit so that you don't dry up. So you need them both. Because if it's just truth, 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 and there's no spirit, then then it then you can become very easily, you know, legalistic. And fall into that realm. And if it's all spirit, 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 and that there's no truth, then you can follow you know, every wind of doctrine and blown to and fro and all this other stuff. So without the truth, you'll blow up, and without the spirit, you'll drop. So you need them both. So I just always thought that was kind of cool. I remember that 20 years ago. All right, let's continue on here. Number two. So, friends, number one, you need to uh, divulge your worship. Number two, you got to devote yourselves to prayer. You want passion? Devote yourselves to prayer. That's actually Colossians chapter 4, verse 2. And it says, devote yourself to prayer, being watchful and thankful. So we got to devote ourselves to prayer. Friends, in my early Christian walk, uh, when I committed my life to Christ uh, uh, at Sod Rock Ministries, they used to have something that was called noon prayer. And so Monday through Friday, they would have the sanctuary open for an hour. and um, And so I remember when I first committed my life to Christ, and and just, you know, I was really having a hard time, and this, that, and the other, and I started going, I just started going, because uh, I didn't have to work till second shift, and I just started going to this noon prayer every single day, and what happened was, just by me being in there, and placing myself in a position to pray every single day, my spiritual walk skyrocketed, it just like, poof. and then not only that, Uh, There were people there that were, you know, obviously seasoned. Uh, I was kind of mimicking how I was hearing people pray. I started to build confidence to pray out loud in front of people. And so there was just something, there's something about devoting ourselves to prayer that actually stirs passion inside of us and actually stirs that inside. And so friends, uh, and when people pray together, that's a very powerful thing. And so just FYI, if you are interested, um, if you're not, that's cool too. Uh, on Sunday mornings, because we, we are obviously, we're kind of mobile. You know, we like live in like our trailer, which is like behind the building. So we rent this place only uh, once a month, sometimes or once a week, sometimes another time if we have dirt, uh, different events and such. So we try to maximize our Sunday. So we actually try to do our very best to be here at nine o'clock and open the building, and even have uh, some donuts uh, and some some different commodities if you bring your kids, because we like to have prayer time between nine and nine thirty. And so that's something that we say, hey, we believe in prayer. We believe prayer is powerful. And so as a body of believers, we're, we're, we, we open that invitation. Jill is kind of, she, she kind of, she's actually back there with our kids right now. Uh, she's here, on, uh, and that's kind of, she says, you know, I, I'll be here. I'll commit myself to that every, every Sunday. So we are opening this up because we, we believe that corporate prayer is powerful. Amen. And there's just something about that when you join together, when you pray together, that is just, man, it's, an, it's awesome. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17 says this. It says, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Do not quench the Spirit. Man, that'll preach, right? Wow. Do not quench the Spirit. Here's another one. This will preach too. Do not treat prophecies with contempt. It says, but test them all. Hold on to what is good, reject every kind of evil. I just want—I just want to talk about uh, pray continually. That speaks for itself. But I just want to talk about that first verse here, right here, verse six. Rejoice always. It's like a command. I, I call this—I call this like the this is like the um, the machine gun the machine gun uh, version of like the end of of this. A chapter where, where uh, Paul is just kind of like rapid-firing things. Have you ever had like uh, where maybe like you were about to leave and you had your kids and you were just gonna like, hey, make sure, you know, you wash your face clean, you know, make your bed, get your shoes on, you know what I mean? It's, it's like rapid-fire commands, right? Take the dog out, feed, you know, feed the goldfish, whatever it might be. And so I kind of like look at that. That's kind of like it's kind of like these like rapid fire. I'm going to throw these things out at you, you know, but they're all important. And you need to remember this. And it's like it's like rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. Do not quench the spirit. It's like boom, 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 boom. And so rejoice always. He's actually commanding us to rejoice. And what does that word mean? What does the word rejoice mean? I mean, basically, uh, in the Greek, what that word means is be full of joy. If you look it up, if you define it, it says feeling or showing great joy or delight. That's what it's going to tell you in the you know, Webster's Dictionary. But from the Greek, it means to be full of joy. So he's actually uh, telling us to be full of joy. Now, friends, how are you full of joy? Can you, like, make yourself full of joy? No, friends, when, again, when you're passionate about God, when you're praying continually, when you're seeking after the Lord, it's a byproduct that it just, God overflows you with joy, and so then you can rejoice always. Come on, someone. And it is. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. It's something God actually develops in our life. I wish humility was something that was developed in the fruit tree, but it's not. Something like God, yeah, just like give me humility. Nope. <laughs> something I gotta make myself do, right? Uh, Acts chapter two. A few verses here. And then we're gonna then we're gonna finalize our our Last little point here. Acts chapter 2, verse 42 and 43. This is powerful. It said they devoted themselves a few things here. The apostles' teaching into fellowship, right? So they did so there's two things to the breaking of bread, mm-hmm. breaking of some donuts, amen. And to what? Prayer. Everyone was filled with all and all the many wonders and signs performed by all the apostles and all the believers were together and had everything in common. So it says they devoted themselves to, obviously, you know, the word, you know, the teaching, to fellowship. You know, they were, they were with one another, to eating together, and prayer. They devoted themselves to prayer. And the Bible says, in the next few verses, it says, and God added to their number daily. Isn't that awesome? When we do our part, God does his part. Amen? It's a beautiful thing. Okay, number three. Friends, devour the word of God. Look at your neighbor say, I'm hungry. Good, then take them out to eat afterwards and you can, you know, have some good fellowship. So, Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 3 says this. It says, he humbled you. Okay, uh, this is Moses talking, obviously, to the Israelites. Um, Deuteronomy chapter 8. It says, he humbled you, causing you to hunger and then feeding you with manna, which neither you nor your ancestors had known. To teach you that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Jesus told the woman at the well, he says, he says I have something that, that will quench your thirst and you'll never, quench, you'll never be thirsty again. What is he talking about? He's talking about that soul thirst. He's talking about that emotional, that inside hunger for something that, that isn't there until you're connected with our creator, and then all of a sudden the light turns on and you're like, oh, I'm valued. Oh, I have purpose. Oh, I realize what I'm, on, I'm placed on this planet for. Amen. John chapter 6, verse 32 and 35, it says, it says Jesus said to them, Very truly I say to you, it is not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. What's he talking about, friends? What's Jesus talking about when he's talking about my Father gives you true bread from heaven? He's talking about his word. Right? He's talking about the word. Come on. Yep, it says for it says uh, for the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. He's not talking about uh uh, Wixie's Bakery, and he's not talking about Wonder Bread. He's talking about his Word. It's his Word that gives life to the world, right? Not not manna, not like physical, tangible. You know those amazing buttery rolls that you get from Red Lobster. Anybody love those things? I mean, they sell them in a box now on the shelves of the store. They're awesome. Or uh, Texas Roadhouse. Come on, somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can tell I'm, I'm I'm with I'm with some. Some some good old people here, we know how to eat good. <laughs> the bread that comes from heaven, that brings life to the world, sir, they said, oh, always give us this bread. Amen. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never hunger, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Amen, right? This, we have to... Devour the word of God. We got to eat it. There's, there's so many. You know, Jesus obviously is telling, saying we got to, we got to eat His flesh and drink His blood. And then everybody's like, this is a strong teaching. This is a cult. Get me out of here. Was he talking about them actually like taking an axe to his arm and like no, right? Yeah, we we don't get it sometimes, right? I mean, we're just. Jesus turned to his disciples. He's like, are you going to leave too? And they're like, we don't got nowhere other place to go. <laughs> we got to go. You're the one who gives the word of life, right? One more scripture, or two more scriptures here. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 and 4. It says, They all ate the same spiritual food. They drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them. That rock was Christ Jesus. What is he, again, what's he talking about? What's spiritual food? What's spiritual drink? Say, say it with me. The word of God, right? The word of God. That's the spiritual food. That's the spiritual drink. That's what we that's what uh, in the morning with, with your coffee when you open up your word, it's what sustains your soul. Friends, uh, there's a many scholars that believe that the reason why Moses could be in the very presence of God and not eat or drink for 40 days was because that God Himself sustained him. Because God has the ability to sustain us, amen. Come on, amen. So friends, you know, uh, kind of talking about these things, they're very fundamental, they're very easy. Worship, reading your Bible and prayer. I mean, it's kind of like, you know, we 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 teach our kids that, you know, in kids church, we teach, you know, we teach that ourselves, they're they're fundamental. Look at your neighbor, say fundamental. Okay, they're basic. They were the Bible says that we're never to depart from them, but it's kind of like the three basic spices. Anybody here cook? I'm not a cook, but I know some cooks, and this is what this is what good cooks say that that the very basic spices that you need pretty much in anything is you need seasoning salt, you need garlic, and you need onion. Those are the very basic fundamental seasonings that you. I basically anytime I'm cooking chicken on the grill, those three things are going on. They're burgers; those three things. And I'm not again, I'm not a cook, but I know that these are like the the basic necessities of good cooking. It's the same thing, friends. The basic necessities of our of our spirit man of having passion for God is. The same thing that we were taught a long time ago—the same, the same basic fundamental ideas—is—is is us having that that uh, expressive worship before God, us actually uh, devoting ourselves to prayer, and and that we actually devour the Word of God. And so, uh, Joshua chapter one verse eight, we're going to uh, close with this here, and it says, "Let it never depart from you." I don't know if I put it up there. Yep, it says, "This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, that you may observe." to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your ways prosperous and you will have good success. Another translation says, you will be prosperous and successful in all you do. That's amazing. So, friends, three things. Friends, divulge your worship. Devote yourselves to prayer. Devour the word of God. And, friends, and you'll be passionate for our king. Let's pray together. You're so good, my God. We love you, God. It is an honor to be together with brothers and sisters who love you and have devoted their lives to you, God. Thank you, Father. You're so amazing. Lord, again, God, we just, we yield our hearts to you today. God, we yield our lives to you today. And, Lord, we want to be men and women that walk with passion, For our King. God, we want to be passionate about the things of God. We want to be passionate about the kingdom of God. Your word says that if we seek first your kingdom and your righteousness, that all these things will be added unto us. And Lord, how often is my heart pulled to the left or pulled to the right? God, how often am am I swayed by the busyness of life? And Lord, again, I just. I, I speak alignment to myself, and I, sp- I just pray alignment to my, with my brothers and sisters today, God, that we would be in alignment with you, God, with a, with a heart that is in right standing with you. And friends, at, at this time, in, the, in this moment, right where you're at, right where you're sitting, if there's some things that, that you've been struggling with, if there's some things that, man, you've really been wrestling with, just right here, you know, maybe you need to confess some things before God just do it right here right in the place that you're surrendering right now and just hand over some things you know maybe maybe you've given yourself over to anger maybe there's some unforgiveness maybe the enemy's been lying to you you've just been you've been listening to the lies of the enemy maybe you've been struggling We just give this over to you, God. Maybe just loneliness is right there at the forefront of your life. Jesus. God, we just take this moment, Lord. And we say, God, would you have your way in our lives, God? We want to hold fast to your word, which is truth. We want to hold fast to your promises. It's not by accident that you said, bind them around your necks, tie them, you know, put them on the doorposts and the door frames, because, God, we constantly have to be reminded. And so we just, again, we we are reminded of your faithfulness again today, God, and your great love and your affection and your grace. And, Lord, that, that not a single person in here has, has slipped up past your grace. Thank you. Would you just extend mercy and grace today again God and would you fill our hearts God fill us with God with confidence with courage fill us with courage God thank you that you're calling us up to be with you and so Lord would you again just remind us God would you God, just extend again, God, your your great grace. And Father, I pray even now in this place, God, that if people are heavy laden and heavy burdened, your word says that we are to take your yoke upon us for your yoke is easy and your burden is light. And we will find rest for our souls. So we just, we just declare rest right now over your sons and your daughters in this room. God, we pray rest over, God, the people of God that are all over the city of Toledo. God, that maybe they're toiling. Maybe they're tired. God, maybe, God, they've, they've, they've just uh, been uh, exhausted. They've exhausted their resources. They've exhausted their energies, and, and they're just tired. God, would you just give rest? I think we're, some, of the time, some of the things that we're the worst at doing is knowing when to slow down. God, would you just extend rest and grace? Would you extend strength and peace? To the people of God, in Jesus' name, thank you, Father. And, God, we just, God, I just, and I'm going to pray a blessing over you, friends. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord's face shine upon you. May the Lord turn his face towards you. And may he give you peace. In Jesus' name. Amen. Friends, God bless you. Again, thanks for joining with us today. Um, Make sure you greet somebody and let somebody give them a high five or a handshake before you take off. And again, friends, thanks for joining with us. God bless you. Have a terrific rest of your Sunday. There is more donuts and coffee and stuff like that. It's all free. Take it. Eat it. Drink it. It's yours.